This is episode number 37 with Paula Rizzo, best-selling author and media strategist. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, and welcome back to the Good Life Coach podcast. So I've done something for the first time, which is to bring a guest back on back to back. So last week I had on Emmy award-winning television producer and media strategist, Paula Rizzo, to talk about media strategy. It was a great conversation. And if you haven't tuned into episode 36, I encourage you to do that. But When I was talking to Paula, she mentioned that she also had a book coming out called Listful Living, A List-Making Journey to a Less Stressed You, as well as a book that had already been published called Listful Thinking, Using Lists to Be More Productive, Highly Successful, and Less Stressed. Now, when I found out that Paula was a best-selling author on list-making and an expert on that, I said, okay, you need to come back on and we need to dedicate a whole show to this because list making at the heart of it is really about getting organized, prioritizing your day so that at the end of it, you feel like you accomplished what was important to you, which is really so critical. And when you're more organized, you're less stressed. So what Paula shared about all this too is that from her research on stress And on success, uh, she found out that, you know, people like Madonna, John Lennon, Ellen DeGeneres, Ronald Reagan, Leonardo da Vinci, Thomas Edison, Johnny Cash, they were all list makers. And that, you know, these successful people, along with so many CEOs and successful entrepreneurs, all use lists to keep track of their ideas and thoughts and tasks. And so that all of us have the same 1,440 minutes in a day, but some maximize their time better than others. And lists can be one way of getting more done and more importantly, getting the things done that matter to you. So whether you are already a list maker and love making lists or know that making lists would help you become more productive and less stressed, Either way, I know you're going to love today's conversation. There's a lot of great tips and ways to think about list making that you may not have thought of before. So on that note, let's get into the interview with Paula Rizzo. So we have Paula Rizzo back on, and today we're talking about her list-making books. It's such a great topic and one that we all need. Um, I will encourage you to go back and listen to the media strategy one to learn about Paula's background in that regard. But Paula, welcome. First of all, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I love talking lists. I can't wait. Well, everyone wants to be able to tackle their to-do list and feel like they're productive, but I'm curious... How did list making become a thing in your life to the point where you decided to write not just one book, but two books on the topic? 
how do you make yourself an expert in list making basically <laughs> right i i always wanted to write a book i just never knew i would write a book about list making that was not that was not the plan but um you know i'm a i i've spent my career as a television producer and so time management and productivity is very important if you're going to get a newscast on the air and so i was using a lot of lists and a lot of that skill to be able to juggle a lot of things in the newsroom you know as a producer and i wasn't really doing it so much at home cuz i thought like oh that's a work thing that I do. And that's like work. So at home, I'm going to be all easy breezy, but then everything was falling through the cracks. Like I wasn't remembering things. I wasn't going to appointments. Like that's not my style, you know? So I was like, all right, something, something's off here. And the way that it really came to the forefront was, uh, when my husband and I were looking for an apartment in New York city and I was like a disaster. I would go into that apartment and be like, oh, there's a wine fridge. This is awesome. And then we would leave and I'd be like, what floor was that on? Was there a closet? You know, <laughs> I had like no idea. I had zero focus. So I looked at it like I would in television. If I were to go out in the field and interview somebody, I would have a list of all the questions I wanted to ask every single shot I needed to get before we left to make sure that I had what I need so my editor could put together a great piece. And even though I had been doing that job for a long time and I, you know, you know your stuff, but distractions happen. And so being able to stay focused and have that checklist to go through and say, okay, let me ask these questions and let me look what subways nearby, how many windows are there, you know, going through that checklist that really helped. And a friend of mine, another producer said, you know, people don't do things like this. You know, they don't make checklists to go look for apartments and like create these sort of tools. Like it's kind of weird that you do this, but it's helpful. Can I have it? And I was like, okay. So I gave her the list when she was looking for an apartment and her realtor was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Can I have a copy of it? Oh Can God. I they're like, our clients come and they don't know what to look for. They don't know what to ask. And so she came back to me and said, you know what? You're onto something here. You should, you should do something. And so then that's when listproducer.com was started. I love it. So it started as a blog at first. Yes. Okay. It started as a blog because I thought, oh, maybe I'll write a book. And a friend of mine who uh, is a very successful writer, New York Times bestseller and ghostwriter and, and all of that. And she said, uh, you know, don't write a book. She said, start a blog. See if after 50 blog posts, are you still interested in this topic? And are other people interested? Are you getting buzz? Are people responding to it? Because if they're not, then let it go. That's not your book. That's not your thing, wow. you know? And, you know, here I am, whatever, seven, eight years later, still doing that blog. So, wow. <laughs> it's, it's so you did get a lot of feedback from it then when you launched it. I did. And, um, you know, people love lists. They love to talk about it. And, and, you know, it doesn't always work for everybody. So they were looking for better ways to make it, you know, really strategic about the list making. And, um, you know, from there, then it did turn into listful thinking, which was my, my first book. But, um, you know, I, I also, you know, and this is, you know, we talked about this in the first episode, but I got some media for my blog. Cause I knew if, people are going to know about it. I need to tell them that I'm here. I need to tell them that I'm the list person. And so that's what I did. And it really worked because when you do shop a book to a publisher, they want to know, do you have a platform? Do you have people who will then buy this book? It's really important to have that following. So it was actually super helpful that you had done the blog first. So that was great advice because you had the following and they would love the book now. They, there's a built-in audience. Yes. Uh, and actually the editor who bought my book, she was a follower of the blog. So she oh, knew about this is me. so good. Before. Oh, yeah, this is a great story, yeah. Paula. But so are would you say you were naturally organized then? I mean, it sounds like at work you were and that it was your list that helped. But was this a natural ability of yours? 
Well, I mean, I, I work very hard at it, um, but I do like it. I am someone who does like to make a checklist, see something very visual. I mean, that's my background in television, right? Is very visual. So I do like to have an actual, uh, you know, list right in front of me. I like to make it by hand. I like to, you know, look at it. So yes, but I wasn't, you know, the systems that I've put into place, I've really worked hard to, to sort of create those. Um, because as you know, I mean, it's, it's one thing to have a list at work. Uh, you know, you're not going to turn off your, your personal stuff while you're at work all the time, you know? So how do you sort of keep your list separate and not overwhelming and all that stuff? It's a challenge, but it's something that I've, I've worked on and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at it. Well, you're definitely a master list baker. And so we need to tap into your knowledge because I will tell you, I don't know if you're familiar with Myers-Briggs. I have a friend who has come on the show twice. He has his own personality type methodology that he uses. And one thing that I know is that perceivers, which is what I am, are Mm -hmm. naturally, we make lists, but I'll have 50 lists. I won't have, and there'll be maybe the same stuff and all the lists and then the judgers and and the words are not literal, not, you know, doesn't mean you're perceptive or judgmental, but the judging personality preferences live for lists and they get so much pleasure from checking things off the list. Now the perceivers like me have the list. I'll go back a week later and find one of my many lists and notice I've done six things out of the 15. You're like, oh, look at me. I'm so productive. Right. (laughs) But I'm not doing it in a methodical way. And so can you talk to us about that? So would you say you're definitely more in the judger type where you you get the pleasure from checking off the list? And so for the people like me, like I think we mentioned before the mic went on, you knew somebody who said, oh, I don't understand this. And then they bought your book and was like, oh, my God, my life has changed. That person mm-hmm. was probably more of a perceiver type. So can you speak to this a bit? Yeah, I have definitely put things on my list that I did that were not on the list so I could cross it off. Okay, because so you're definitely has, a judge. <laughs> yes, it yes. Is, brings me so much sparks joy, as Marie Kondo would say, yes. to cross things off that list. Yes. It is very, very satisfying to me. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I have to have that. That's the way that I that I do it. And um, you know, I create my lists the night before I leave my desk. I did. I've always done that. You know, even when I was a, a producer at Fox News, and and well before that too. Uh, any any job I had was that I would just think, what am I going to do tomorrow? what's going to happen tomorrow? What will I have to do? And then I would write out that list so that when I came in in the morning, I would know exactly what I was supposed to be doing. Like what was my intent for the day? You know, it doesn't always go that way. And, you know, we can talk a little bit more about like how to make your list better and things like that. But, um, you know, I always like to have that intention. This is what I wanted to do today. This is what I I was meant to do. Um, and so to have that, you know, in front of you and be able to, to kind of cross off and, and have it, I like it as a roadmap. I like to think, what am I supposed to be working on? Cause you get distracted in the same way I got distracted by that wine fridge in the, in the apartments. (laughs) It happens. Your phone rings, you get called away. Somebody, you know, there's emails. People want you to do this. People want you to do that. So for you to be able to go back to that, to that roadmap is really important. Totally. And I think that people are so, we're so much more distracted now, especially with social media on people's phones and between the texts and, you know, there's just way too many distractions. So how do you recommend that somebody start? Should they have one list, like one notebook and just start clean slate the night before? How how do you, how do you approach it? 
that is, that is what has worked for me. And so, you know, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of tips here and people should try them. You know, I would say, try this for two weeks and if it works for you, then it's your system. But if it doesn't, then you need to play around a little bit. You know, everybody always wants to know what's the best pen to buy. What's the best notebook? It actually doesn't even matter. You know, it's what works for you and what you like. And so for me, I've always used, you know, one notebook and I will write out every single thing I need to do the next day. So from, you know, emails to, and very specific, you know, email Michelle, it's not like write emails, very specific, you know, um, write to the webinar person or whatever, you know, all the things specifically that I have to do. And, and I don't. Oh, so I didn't mean to interrupt. And do you assign a time frame? So do you set aside, you know, this from 9am to 9.15 emails? And then within that time is those five emails that you have to do? Are you very that detailed about it? So this is great because in the, my new book, Listful Living, I really tap into what is your productivity style. And so to know yourself and to know when are you most productive and what kind of tasks do you like to do at what times, you know? So there's productivity experts out there who will say, oh, never check your email in the morning. I think that's ridiculous. Like if you want to check your email, you should check your email and see what's happening. Maybe don't reply to everything if that's going to throw you off. You know, maybe you have a set time when you do that. And I'm very big into timing myself to do tasks because you think it'll take you a certain amount of time and it always takes longer, mm -hmm. you know, and that's just, you know, my TV background of knowing exactly how long a minute is. And so if someone says, I'll be there in a minute and they're not there exactly in one minute, I'm like, okay, what's happening here? You know? So, um, you know, having that, that list where you can, you can sort of look at it. And some people I've, I've suggested to make a before lunch and an after lunch list so that you can really, you know, see, okay, in the morning, maybe you're, you're not really interested in talking to people. And so you want to do some solitary stuff or you like to write in the morning or whatever it is, you know, um, maybe in the afternoon, you're a little bit more social feeling. And, and this is just tapping into yourself and seeing, not like, you know, um, sometimes you can't always do that, right? Sometimes those emails do have to be, re be replied back to in the morning because it's time sensitive. So it's going to change. Um, but to be able to sort of set it up so you know, okay, like before lunch, I'm going to do this. And if I don't get to it, then I'll do it after lunch just to set yourself up. Um, but for people who are just starting, you know, with a list, I would say just dump everything down on one big list. And then from there, you can pull things out, you know, day by day as you need to. Okay. This is so good. Cause I'm, it's sparking a lot of thoughts for me and some questions. So first of all, when I was in-house in corporate, I did what you did. I could never leave the office, even nine, 10 o'clock, whatever time I was leaving at night, I never left without my to-do list for the next day. And I was just recently thinking about how productive I was because I had my roadmap. <laughs> you use the word roadmap. Yep. But just like you, I, the way I, at least I do do lists, but like I told you, that might be my 10 different lists <laughs> that I don't look at religiously and I don't, have a system where I'm doing it every night for my my life. So I feel like with work, it was a little bit easier because I knew where I needed to go and what was going to happen. And of course, I would have an influx of emails and calls and stuff, but I always could come back and it was it was kind of an anchor. But when you have kids, you have a job, you've got a partner, a husband, you got you know, whatever other volunteer activities, you've got classes you want to do. How do you integrate the multiple facets of your life, these different categories in one list? 
Yeah. Yeah. So you, you may have to have some separate lists that you then pull from, you know? And so that, that is how I do it. I set my list up on the left-hand side is work tasks. And then on the right-hand side are our work, our home tasks. So things that throughout the day I have to do, or I have to call somebody, or I have to, you know, make sure to call about the credit card bill or, you know what I mean? The things that it's like, because you don't want your mind to have to figure out what's what and have it all on one list. You want to be sort of organized about the way that you set it up as you're doing it. So it can very much be helpful to you versus, oh my gosh, look at all the things I need to do. Uh, you know, and so for some people who are procrastinators and don't want to do the things on the list, you know, it, it is very much about sometimes just timing yourself. Let's just do it. Like put 10 minutes on the clock and see how far you get on that, on that one task and then set another timer and see if you can continue with it and that kind of thing, you know, because, um, a lot of times we procrastinate because we think it's going to take so long. And it usually doesn't take as long as we think. That's true. Now, you do say with your book, it helps you put the right things on your list, not just tasks. So let's differentiate tasks versus priorities, because I think a lot of times people struggle. Mm -hmm. Well, what is the priority? It should be obvious, but it's not always obvious. So what's your advice around that? Yeah. And this is something that I walk through in the book because it is important for people to think about. You know, a couple years ago, I had my appendix burst. Mm. And it was very bad. You know, appendix is not a big deal if you catch it when you're supposed to go. But I waited for two days and I, it burst. And so it's like a dirty bomb going off in your body. And so I was out of, you know, I was in the hospital for nine days. I lost 12 pounds. I, I was out of work for six weeks. It took like a year to recover. You know, it changed my whole diet, everything. It just was a, it was a, it was a mess, but it, it really, you have to reprioritize really fast. Everything comes off your to-do list. The health is the priority. That was it. So that was a very, very dramatic way of me learning how this can work, you know? And so everything I said yes to went through the lens of, will I feel okay if I do this? Am I healthy enough for this? You know, can I say yes to this networking event or this or whatever, you know? And so that lens really changed and shaped me for that full year where it, it was all about that and recovering. For other people, you don't want to be so dramatic, but to be able to think through what is the priority right now. And it changes, you know, if you're building a business, the priority might be, you know, getting clients or meeting new people or something like that, but at what cost, right? And so that is the whole thing of, of the types of the types of things that you put on the list. So, uh, there's a whole section in there about self-care, which I know, you know, you're a big advocate of, of course, you know, um, and, and figuring out what are the things that are really going to support me and help me? And how can I put those things on my list? How can I set up my day in a way that won't make me super stressed out? Um, you know, burnout now is an official diagnosis. You know, the, the world health organization, uh, has officially decided that it is a thing. And so people are more and more concerned these days with managing stress. And it's, it's something that, you know, as a, as a health producer for many years, i I produced a lot of videos with a lot of people who stress was, was, was eating them alive. You know, mm -hmm. stress was really, I mean, there are so many bad things that happen to your body, mind, soul, when you're, when you're stressed and you know, 70 to, to, to 90% of all medical related, you know, um, like visits are related to stress in yeah. some way. Yeah, no, this is so helpful. So I'm curious, how do you, how do you pri prioritize and 
on your list. You said morning and afternoon. So on your mm-hmm. list, did, do you actually carve out time for lunch? Because I think one thing, there's a lot oh, yeah. of moms who listen to the show. There are a lot, it's all women who listen to the show. And I would say that we tend to be guilty of not taking care of ourselves, not prioritizing our health. So what we say is a priority and what we actually prioritize are different. So we could say our health is a priority, but we're not prioritizing it. So how do Mm -hmm. you suggest that a woman, a woman on her list making really use the list to help her focus on her self-care? Because it sounds like you did address this in the book. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you know, when I was uh, working in corporate America, it was much easier. You know, the structure is there and it's also different when it's not your business. Right. It's like, eh, I'll get to it tomorrow. It's OK. You know what I mean? But um, when it's yours, you're like, I should totally do it today because what happened? You know, it, it just it's a totally different mindset. So I am like close enough to it still where I'm I'm able to kind of pull some of the corporate stuff and the, the mentality that I had into now my entrepreneurship, because at first I didn't. And at first I was like, okay, I'm going to do calls all the time whenever anybody wants it. And you know, this is how you get business. This is what you do, right? Like you hustle and you have to be doing it first year out, whatever. I was a disaster. Like within two weeks, I was like, I did seven calls today and there is no way (laughs) that I can sustain this. You know, I need to calm down. So I actually did like an audit at the end of my first year and I went through, you know, who were the clients I really loved working with the most? Who were the ones I didn't love working with so much? What kind of work did I really like? When was I doing my best work? At what point in the day? You know, when did I want to talk to people versus not? And I restructured this year my entire schedule. And so for me, I'm very specific about when I do calls. I have calls at 1130, 2 and 330. And for the most part, that is it because I want to have that lunch period for myself because I need to have lunch. Otherwise, I'm going to be cranky. Mm-hmm. And when I was first starting and I was doing those calls back to back to back with no buffer in between, if I had notes for the person or if it you know, turned into a sale or something like that and I had to actually you know, do the all the stuff that goes into that, I had no time. And I was like eating terrible things and I felt awful at the end of the day. And I was like, this can't be it. So really being able to to do, I used to do that when I was at Fox. I only did calls at certain times and people, guess what? They will do it. They will, they will just pick those times. And, you know, Mondays I don't do calls for the most part. I do, I like to meet people in person. I like to do lunches or cocktail hours or whatever. That's a Monday thing. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, when I talk to people about business stuff or coaching or I do podcasts and then Fridays, I leave open for creativity. And so I wrote my book on Fridays. That's how I got it done, you know, in a short, short time frame. And so I've, I've kept to that now that the, the book is, is written, um, that Listful Living is, is written. I am keeping Fridays for, you know, marketing ideas and stuff that now I'm going to do to help promote the book. Um, but I just, I love having those boundaries, you know, for me, it feels really good, but it is, it is hard to keep to it. You know, you do really have to push yourself to keep those appointments with yourself. I love this conversation. So you're not just talking about list building, you're talking about time management and self-care. It's so much more profound. And actually in your title of your new book, Listful Living, it's a list making journey to a less stressed you which we all need. So I'm curious, did you do research? Um, Did you interview other people about, you know, when you talked about self-care and stress, you just, you know, talked about some stats. Um, Take us into, you know, some of the, the, 
background work that you did to craft the book? Yeah, I mean, this is a conversation that I've been having for a long time, you know, both as a as a producer, as a health producer. Um, there's a woman, her name is Heidi Hanna, who's a good friend of mine. I interviewed her years ago, um, and she's a... Um, She's a, a PhD and she's a, a stress expert. You know, she wrote a book called Stressaholic and her whole thing is that actually stress isn't really that bad for you. It's meant to be good. You know, it's meant to fire up your, your body to go do stuff. It's when we don't give ourselves a chance to decompress that then the stress stays with you and becomes chronic. So if you're doing, you know, she was in the book, she gives me a, a great quote of, about how um, if you're doing a presentation and you're, you're, you know, your, your, your heart starts to pound a little bit and you start to get really excited about it and you do it and you knock it out of the park and it's awesome. That's great. Your body, the stress helped you do that. But if you don't give yourself some time to relax afterwards, it doesn't decompress and it just stays there. So if you're going from thing to thing, to thing, to thing, it, it's no good. So you really have to give yourself that, that rest period in between. And when you look at it like that, it's almost like a computer that's overheating. You know, you think of yourself and be kind to yourself to say, you know, I, and I, I've now added in, if I take a vacation or I go on a business trip or whatever, as much as I possibly can, I try to block off that next day after I return. Even if it's so the good. first half of the day, mm -hmm. if I can't do the full day, because I want to feel good. I don't want to come home and be like, oh my gosh, I even though we have email with us and we have, you know, you have all your stuff, you know, when you're traveling, I just want to relax sometimes. I want to just like indulge to say, I don't have to do anything today unless I want to, you know, so to not schedule those things. And, um, you know, I, there's a, there's a lot of research there about, about stress and, you know, how you can, how, you know, mindfulness. I talk a lot about that in the book and meditation and all mm. these things. It's really about what works for you though. You know, yeah. what is it that, that makes you happy? You know, so is it going, going on a trip, even a virtual trip? I talk about virtual trips all the time. You know, you go to Google, you type in a new place and you zoom around on Google maps and you look at stuff. It takes your mind away from what you were doing, you know, give yourself a little bit of a, of a, of a break. Yeah, this is so helpful. And I'm thinking as you're talking to you that you have to figure out what's going to work for you. So there's all these ways to approach it. And it sounds like your book covers that and gives you ways to think about it and to try. And then you have to figure out what works for you. Um, I love that you talk about that we all have 1,440 minutes in our day. And that mm -hmm. many successful people, including Thomas Edison, Ellen DeGeneres, Madonna, you list a bunch of famous people all use less. Um, first of all, I'm curious how you knew that. That's I love that, that you dug this. A lot of research. Yes. A lot of research. Well, Madonna, Madonna, actually, um, a bunch of her lists were out for auction. You know, there was a, a list that she had made. Yeah, people, people buy, people will buy anything. But she had a list that she made on the way to a concert in the limo. And that was for sale. This was many years ago. And uh, Johnny Cash, the same thing. Johnny Cash had a had a great list. Um, he's another one. And his list was up for auction. And on one of those lists, it said Kiss June, which oh, I thought was so, so sweet. <laughs> so you would say, though, then, based on, you know, the fact that all these very successful, famous people have used lists, that it does help you become more successful, which is that part of why you should be using lists? Let's get into why we should be doing lists. Yeah, the success. I mean, I, I really, I, I would say that I, 
I, I have to thank Liz for the, for the, for the career that I've had, you know, for being very focused, for being the person who coming out of the meetings, I already had a list ready to go where I was like, okay, here's the action items of what we need to do next. So really thinking through, you know, what has to happen and thinking in lists is really helpful, you know, for my own career, but look at all of these, you know, very successful people. I wanted, you know, especially with my first book, Listful Thinking, I wanted to show people, Hey, I'm not the only crazy list maker out there. There's a lot of other people out there who are doing this, who are very successful. And guess what? It's because you shouldn't have to be keeping all this in your, in your mind, you know, like, because that should be used for something else, something much more productive. It shouldn't be remembering things. So if the list is the dirty little secret that you have to have, that you got to write things down so you don't forget them, who cares? You know, there's worse things out there, but it really is about like offloading it off your brain onto paper. So then you can use that brain power for something else. Yes, absolutely. So you do have the two books. Your latest book is Listful Living and your first book is Listful Thinking. Um, how do they differ? And then take us a little bit deeper into the, the latest book in terms of what it offers. Sure. Yeah. So Listful Thinking, the first book, uh, is all about, you know, the, the list making and why it's a great idea and how you can do it better. Right. So there's a lot of people who were list makers who have read the book who said, ah, you know, I didn't know if I was going to learn anything. I felt like I could write a book about lists. And, and they were like, huh, there's really some great stuff in there. You know, there's lists about, um, you know, when you meet people and networking and, and, and how to, how to attack travel and like all aspects of your life through list making, you know, how can you be, you know, more productive, highly successful and less stressed. It really is again, that, that stress factor comes back is to how can you use this in your everyday life? Um, to not be crazy. Cause a lot of times people will say, Oh my gosh, my list stressed me out. And it's like, well, let's take a look at it. You know, <laughs> let's see what's going on here. Why do these same keep three things keep popping up over and over again? You know? Um, and a lot of times it is that you need to just let it go and realize you're never going to learn Italian and that's okay. Stop putting it on your list. Oh, that's you know? so good. Yes. So that, so the, 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 the first one is really, you know, the, the one-on-one sort of, you know, it is really the, the definitive guide on list making and how to do it better. Um, and you know, there was a woman who just wrote me the other day. I, I, and I get letters all the time, which is so wonderful from all over the world because the book has been translated into so many languages and thank you. Yes. I, it's very big in Japan and China. They love order and list making. So it's, it's very good. Um, but there was this one woman who wrote me and said, you know, my husband bought me the book and I was really annoyed at him because I thought like, Ugh, I don't, she's a creative. And she was like, I don't, I don't need lists. And so she read the book and she had to put on a play and she's like, I used, I used all of your methods to do this, to do this. And it was a total success and I wasn't stressed out over it. And it was pretty amazing. So she's like, so I take it back. I am now a list maker. And a lot of times creatives think that because they think, oh, I don't want to be confined, mm -hmm. but it actually opens you up because when you have those, you have that guideline, you're able to be even more creative within it, you know? Um, and the second book, Listful Living is a journal. So it's meant to be written in and it is really, that is the journey that you're taking. There's three parts. The first part is really the self-discovery part. And that part is where are you right now? So how do you feel in the moment when you're getting stressed out? Who are you around? What's going on? You know, when are you most productive? What's in, what does your, your office look like? Just to, to understand where you're at. 
The second part is the big, you know, big blue sky. Let's dream big. If you had the perfect schedule, if you had the perfect, you know, day, you didn't have any stress, what would that look like? And the third part for me is the practical part where we put it into practice. How do we get you to that point? You know, how are we going to put some self-care efforts onto your calendar? How are we going to start, you know, giving you, uh, if you love to travel, travel one day a, a month where you're working, you're working from somewhere else or whatever, you know, how do you then design your life for what will sustain you, but also make you less stressed out and make you feel really happy? Because I feel like I've been able to do that. You know, I've been able to really carve that out. Um, and other people can too. It just, sometimes you need a little guidance to, to figure out where you're at and where you want to go. Yeah. And I love that you shared that your first year out, that wasn't the case. You know, there's all these pictures on social with people's feet up with a like oh, cappuccino with the heart in it. And, you know, oh, it's so stress-free and amazing. And the truth is when you're starting a business, it's it's not stress-free, but having lists and time management and organization around it helps you reduce the stress and make more time for the big picture stuff that you need, where you're going to get the most return on your time. So this is so great. I'm definitely buying both of them. Oh, <laughs> my, thank you. My dad's going to love that. My dad's always like, make a list. He's a, he's a list uh, maker. He's always been a list maker. My dad too. That's where I got it from. That's, that's who I get it from, my dad. That's so great. So let's leave the women listening then with your three best tips on how to get organized and reduce stress, how to live a good life using your system. Yes. Well, I would say, you know, first off, be very clear about what you put on that list um, because you are 33% more likely to actually do things that you write down. So make sure you really want it because if you write it down, it's going to, it's going to get you out there in a, in a, in a different way. But also, you know, it does really solidify it for you to write it down and to be specific. Um, and then it's more, it's easier to cross things off when it's specific. You know, you don't want things on your list that you're like, wait, what, what did I mean by that? You want to know, I have to, what just happened, yes, you know, it's like, right. oh, well, and then you're like, nah, I guess it wasn't anything big. It's fine. You know? Right. Uh, so be very clear, be very specific. Don't overwhelm yourself. This is a problem that a lot of people do. They put too much on the list and they put things like, you know, write book, run marathon, <laughs> you know, like that is too much for one list. That is too much for a daily or weekly list. Like you have to to pare it down into the little tasks that you can do, um, you know, and, and don't be afraid to, to outsource is another, is another thing. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of people have, especially women, they're like, Oh no, I should be able to do it. Or I, 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 you know, I mean, I, I have a housekeeper housekeeper who comes, um, to help clean the apartment and I love it when she comes because I'm like, she's so much better at this than I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I've tried and I'm just not that good at it. She's way better at it than I am. And it, it it's, you know, it's better for everybody. So to, you know, be able to sort of let go of some of those things that you feel you should be doing. And, um, you know, I'd also say just, just to, to give yourself some time on your calendar, that's yours that even, you know, even if you're coming back from a trip, like tell people you're not coming back until the next day, Mm. or, you know, just to kind of give yourself some little isolation bubble that will, will give you a little bit. Once you start doing it, you can't stop yourself. I like block off whole days where I, I have a, a virtual assistant. She's like, what is this for? I'm like, never mind. I just, I'm, I'm unavailable this day. You know, <laughs> you don't have to worry yourself about that. Exactly. <laughs> Thursday is spoken for. Thank you. You know, <laughs> no, there's no room in it. So don't even think about it. Right. Exactly. That's genius. Those were so great. Um, so where can I direct people then, Paula, to learn more about your books and, and your, is, are you still blogging? 
Yes, I still blog. Okay, so give us yes, the, give us this, where we can find you and and social too. If you you have a social, you want to send this to. Yeah, so it's listproducer.com. and that is where and that's you know I have a I have a list making toolkit there, and then you'll be on my list, and you'll be able to get my blogs, and you know I talk about all things lists and productivity and time management and all that kind of stuff. And on the social media, it's the same. It's uh, list producer. Great. Um, I love, love, love this conversation. I'm going to go buy your book right now. So thank you so much. Oh, and where you, can people you. find it? On Amazon or any, any Everywhere. place? Every place mm-hmm. that Every books party. are sold? Okay, great. Yep. Okay. Thank so again, you. we'll just say the title. It's Listful Living, A List-Making Journey to a Less Stressed You. Thank you so much, Paula. Thank you. Happy list-making to you. I really hope that you enjoyed today's conversation and walked away with some ideas to get more organized and to help reduce stress in your life while improving your productivity through list making. As a reminder, all of the show notes are over at thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash 037. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in the comments section. I'd love to hear what resonated for you. And while you're there, be sure to pick up your list of 52 self-care tips, which I created knowing that women tend to be running from one thing to the next and putting everyone else first instead of themselves. So this is just a cheat sheet with 52 ideas, one for every week of the year. Thanks again for tuning in today. And I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.